Hey, y'all. Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to do a little quick history lesson. Um, around the 1800s, there was this guy by the name of Charles Holland Duell. He was born in 1850, so right after the Civil War, and he uh, passed away in 1920. Um, Charles was um, a federally appointed judge by Teddy Roosevelt. Um, he served on the D.C. Court of Appeals. Um, but prior to that, one of the things he's most noted for is his position as a commissioner of the U.S. Patent Office. Um, he served there from 1898 to 1901. And he is quoted in saying... Everything that is going to be invented has been invented. And he said this in, allegedly in 1899, which is crazy to think about. The head of the U.S. Patent Office saying everything that has been created or that is going to be created has been created. Um, one of the funny things is obviously around this time, Thomas Edison was also alive. Um, and in his life, he made not made, he submitted, and I believe he was awarded 1,093 patents through his lifetime. And a majority of those are after 1899. Um, it's kind of funny. I was reading through some of the list of the patents, and it's a lot of stuff that like we're kind of even using today and uh, seeing um, lithium and cobalt as rechargeable batteries and whatnot. It's just kind of interesting seeing that going, you know, how much of a role that plays in our lives today. Um, as it would turn out, in 1989, I believe, um, it was found out that Charles was misquoted in saying that everything that is going to be created has been created. And it was kind of a misquoted as an expression of a joke. What he actually said is, in my opinion, all previous advances in the various lines of invention will appear totally insignificant when compared with those which the present century will witness. I almost wish that I might live my life over again to see the wonders which are at the threshold. Which is a really cool way and not at all the damning way that was prior for a commissioner of the U.S. Patent Office to have his outlook on life and whatnot. So, Matt, why are you going at this history lesson? What are we doing? Um, some stuff said in this episode um, may make people be like, oh, well, what's the point of continuing doing this or whatever? And I more think that this episode is just going to be a... Um, just a series of predictions based on what we see. Is it the uh, everything that has been created, or everything that is going to be created has been created? Is it going to be that? Or is it going to be, I wish that I might live my life over again to see which like wonders are at the threshold? And so I think there's a lot of ways of taking this episode. I think there's a lot of ways of looking at all of this information that we're about to dive into. Um, and if anyone is going to feel discouraged, I just ask them to not and to approach it with optimism. Um, it'll be fun to go back on this episode and like down the line, you know, and with that perfect 2020 hindsight in hindsight. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to preface it with an interesting history lesson. And there's two ways of taking this episode. Um, I do think we touch on some interesting points and I would really like your feedback. So please write me, write Sam. Oh, Sam wants your feedback. <laughs> this is just me recording. Sam's not here. Um, I would like your feedback. Um, and I'm excited to see what the future holds. So, But as for now, I'm excited for your future and you listening to this episode. So I'll let Sam take it away with the intro. 
Thank you for tuning into the Attack and Release Show. My name is Matt, and I am joined today by my good friend from Nashville, Sam Yol Moses. Sam, did you know your first name <laughs> has a hard stop in it? Heartbreak. <laughs> Didn't know it's a that. Hyphenated first name. Didn't Sam know. Yol. Didn't know. Here I am, though, uh, once again. <laughs> on today's episode, we are going to be doing a little chat on if the occupation of mastering engineer is in fact an endangered occupation mm. and kind of what that means mm. so but first before we hop into that yeah sam why don't you uh you know take us into a little housekeeping well it'd be my honor housekeeping i haven't yelled it in a while just need to get that out uh, i bet let's... you can't do it louder I don't... Uh, I'm not going to do it louder. <laughs> Hopefully your daughter's not sleeping. I, well, I heard her waking up, so I'm like... She might don't be awake, do it, <laughs> Not really... Don't to, do it. Not playing... Not rolling the dice on this one. Um, <laughs> listener. Smart dad move. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending another hour with us. We truly appreciate it. It's a gift that you would give any of your time to listen to us ramble as we do. Uh, it's so nice to meet the community, which is uh, part of housekeeping. If you could screenshot this episode or one of your favorites in the past, go on Instagram, tag us uh, for the record mastering, Moses mastering. We'll reshare. We will uh, talk to you. We'll DM each other. We'll ask questions. We'll learn from each other. We get to know each other. It's always fun. I always learn something. I have the coolest conversations with y'all. And Matt and I actually do respond. Put it to the test. I dare you. I dare you. Um, and then if you want to go to iTunes or podcast, whatever that app is now, <laughs> how old am I? I don't know. Everywhere. Uh, subscribe, everywhere, like, you know, share. A review is always helpful just for the analytics uh, within the podcast world. So if you could help us and take one minute, leave a review if you like it. If you don't like it, um, I don't want the negative reviews. So you can tell Matt though. Matt Matt will take the negative reviews. Just DM Matt. You can't take the heat. I just I, I just you know negative reviews don't do much for me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I can take negativity, but it's like I can, if you're if I it's just like found it. out of like that just like pulled out of thin air, just like. Because people today are professionally mad. Right. And so it's like, if you're professionally <laughs> mad, it's like, if you're allowed to be negative to me, I'm allowed to say, well, that's not really a relevant opinion. So I just, I, I feel like I'm at a place where I'm 100% okay with everything I'm doing in my life not being for everyone. And, oh, yeah. You know, especially this podcast being six years deep. It's, uh, you know, if someone hates it and is like, you suck, I'm just kind of like, well, that's fine. I don't, I'm not going to change anything probably for you. <laughs> like, this is my sure. podcast. <laughs> so, well, I mean, yeah, the, the podcast isn't necessarily going to change, but if, you know, if there is like, I, I feel like if there is constructive <laughs> feedback or something like that, maybe I have no problem. <laughs> Send the heat my way. It, it'll be okay. <laughs> I'm just being a dork. Um, yes. Don't, can, don't, don't send negative vibes Sam's way. I won't even tell Sam. Just I'll tell just, me. I mean, when, if the few haters I've had over my years, I just say like, thank you. You know, fine. <laughs> or like, sure. are you okay? <laughs> Is everything going all right in your life? So anyway, housekeeping, let's knock that out. We're done. Share it. If you don't like it, talk to Matt. If you do like it, talk to me. Um, and that's housekeeping this week. Always interesting. Always, <laughs> always fun. <laughs> Find out how confrontational Matt really is. <laughs> All right. Matt runs With, a real, co- a real business. rolling into a funny episode title after that as yes, well. Yes, that's true. So, you know, customer service <laughs> peaking at 10 right now. Not 10%, like... Like one out of ten, we're peeking it out. We have great customer service. People, I know people know that. I'm I'd just so. being silly. I'm also smacking my pen on my kneecap. If you hear it, <laughs> are you like in? Are you reclining right now? Yeah, Sam? I'm in my full lazy boy. My lazy boy uh, position. Okay, let's carry on because I just want to respect the listeners' time. 
Well, they're here for us. Well, I know. We can say whatever we want. We can talk about, you can talk about your golden doodle. You can talk about your Traeger. We can talk about whatever you want, Sam. We've already talked about We can name this episode whatever we want and then go in whatever direction. It's true. All right. It's like I said, it's our podcast. But we should probably chat on this topic just yes. because I think it's a, I think it's a fun topic. I agree. It's a baity topic. Baity. I would. <laughs> I, I didn't really, I didn't really put it in our little topic list to be Beatty. Beatty. Um, but there's been a reoccurring thing in occupations and trades that I seek out. Yeah. Um, and my whole life has been just recognizing patterns. Yeah. And it's what I like. I don't know why. It's just how my mind works is I I just kind of operate on pattern recognition. And it's like I see the puzzle. I just want to put the puzzle together kind of thing. Uh, or I see the pieces and want to put the puzzle together. And so through my life, um, I wanted to be a pilot when I was a kid. Up until like right when I was graduating college, it was middle of the recession. Um, and r- all around that time, everyone was talking about drones flying airplanes, and drones were the new big thing. Um, AI taking over airplanes, and we weren't going to need pilots anymore. There's going to, Andy, you're staring down the barrel of what is now a national pilot shortage. It's a very, uh, very large thing. Uh, pilots are forced to retire at a, um, certain year from uh, more like like airline work. I don't know as far as like flying a private jet or anything, but I know the airlines uh, and the FAA kind of have a, a retirement age. Um, I do believe that they extended that age to kind of get more mileage, no pun intended, out of uh, some of their pilots who who wanted to keep on flying. And uh, yeah, and so right now we're in the middle of a pilot shortage. Um, but everyone was talking about drones and, oh, we're not going to be able to do this, but it's like, now they're one pilots. Um, then when I was, uh, when I was running my cigar shop, um, you really had like e-commerce just like really getting foot, really taking off. Everyone's like, oh, I can buy this online. Yeah, I'm going to buy this online. It was like, we just got past the point of like, everyone's still got that uncle who doesn't want to put their credit card in Amazon, Yeah, but it's like. It was like when I was running the cigar store, it was right at the point where like e-commerce really took off and everyone just had like those really crappy looking stores, but you could buy cigars online. And so everybody had, every manufacturer had to make the decision, am I going to go the standard distribution route or am I going to go the e-commerce route? And what's more profitable? Like, are we wanting to keep the the independent mom and pop cigar shops in business or we wanted to do... Um, e-commerce, which potentially could have significantly more profit in it and profit margin because you're not having to dial back your margin essentially by a third to include a distributor in that markup uh, profile. Um, so that was that was the the cigar era that we were. And it's like, oh, well, the cigar shops are going to die, and there. And then you had like a lot of legisl- legislation, um, even still to this day, threatening it. Um, I saw like a law that was proposed that I think it was the state of California was saying people born after a certain uh, year uh, were never going to be eligible for tobacco sales. I I don't think that's going to pass, but um, there's just like a lot of crazy stuff that that's kind of out there. And then uh, getting into mastering, um, as you all know, um, I don't. I think I've probably said Lander four times <laughs> since we've had this podcast in six years. But you had things like Lander. You have things. I don't know what the other ones are, like eMastered and everything. I honestly don't deal in the world of clients who use that stuff enough for me to ever really worry about it. Like kind of cutting out. Um, but then you have companies that are like Plugin Alliance that are doing something like Lander. Um, you do have. Uh, People who bring out like that Lurison mastering console is like and the and the BX console from Plugin Alliance of oh even your drummer can master and you have uh, Isotope becoming easier and easier to use and uh, the master assistant and certain modules in RX that are becoming easier to use um, and so you have all that and then coupled with. It's around the 80s or 90s in the episodes. We had uh, a good friend of mine on. His name's Christian Steinmetz. And he studies and researches artificial intelligence. And um, 
I'd been on several studies that he had asked me to help with, uh, just like kind of help, just like training computer models. <laughs> Am I part of the problem? And uh, he was essentially creating at the time uh, an algorithm that could mix a song and it could identify certain parts and it could put that mix together, um, referencing the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of songs that are globally available. Um, and so it's like you see these cool things like uh, ChatGPT um, that you can pretty much ask it any question and it just chats back to you. I saw a few things where people unlocked it, which was kind of weird and interesting. Um and you're seeing like a lot of weird tech ebbs and flows. I was talking to my SEO company for my other uh, business, and it's crazy because in the month of January, uh, we saw um, Bing actually take over Google as far as search results were concerned. And I was like, that's interesting because we don't advertise on Bing, but ChatGPT is owned by Microsoft, who is Bing. And so the whole the whole thing is just like you're just kind of watching a lot of like things happen. And it's like getting back to let's just say Lander, and then you have more producers or mix engineers, mix engineers, producers, master engineers offering uh, mastering services that used to be taken um, care of by one set facility. And so it does beg the question, is the mastering engineer an endangered occupation? <laughs> and so that kind of led me to this thought, and I think I would like to hear your thoughts, Samuel. <laughs> What's like your broad like 100,000-foot view? Is it an endangered occupation? I think it is, personally. Um, yeah, if you want my broad view, yeah, absolutely. I think it's an endangered occupation. Now, with saying that, do I think it will evolve? Uh, yes, and then I think there'll be a... This is all my speculation. I don't really have any sure. hard evidence. Yeah, this is all anecdotal. <laughs> this, is, this, is, yeah. Yeah. this is just observation in my 10,000-foot view. Um I think there's going to come a time where master engineers probably much like I would imagine when they were like really basically electricians and engineers, and then it probably shifted into more like digital. Um, there were probably a lot of people who said this isn't really what I love doing and what I signed up for. Not not in even a negative way. Um, maybe some of it's negative and some of it is uh, like a bit of a, a grieving period, but. I could see potentially in my lifetime, our lifetime, that uh, audio is shifting. It appears quickly. I can't imagine VR and things of that nature, immersive type things, um, you know, not being a part of our future with how mm -hmm. much momentum is going on with VR and the. Uh, potential financial gain for tech companies and other people. I just don't see it going away. Um, so I think audio is going to change. I think the way we work in audio will change You know, over the next 30 years. And I think what will happen is you'll have people evolve with it and decide, I'm going to essentially relearn how to call a record done in this new environment or this new demand from labels or people or clients or they're going to say that was a fun run and I think I'm done. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I see but I, I do very much see the way we do mastering currently uh, definitely going away. Um, I could also see it becoming an unnecessary step where you're mm -hmm. going to have uh, so many people DIY with AI getting better or technology getting better in general. I think people are, we're already seeing it. They're, they're more educated is the word I want to use, but maybe they just have accessibility. That doesn't mean they're smart with it. But you definitely can learn a lot more quicker. And the more uh, things such as Splice, uh, where you know now you can produce a song and not know how to play anything. Um, and I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's just like I really am not, you know. But there are plenty of producers who go on loop sites and things of that nature, just drag and drop stuff, and 
they've got still a good ear for how to arrange things and what goes well together. But, you know, you, you fast track that another 10, 15, 20 years. And you've got, you're going to have AI. I mean, it's already happening on some level, like, you know, chat GPT. And I think that's what it is. Um, and different AIs that are writing songs already that are, you know, basically hit songs by AI. And, you know, arrangement and playing things. There's all sorts of AI programs coming out already that they're just doing everything better, you know, than a human can. Um, and I think there's going to be an interesting, I don't know, not to get like too fluffy with it all, but I think down the road there's going to be an interesting kind of line in the sand of you're going to have people that really want to do it uh, more hands-on, tangible, real-world way, and then you'll probably have a lot of people who want to do it the quick, fast tech way because um, we're already seeing that on a small micro scale. And there's already starting to be a division, I feel like, in that. So, you know, what I do today, do I think it's endangered? Yes. Um, I know it is because I get, I don't get threatened. I don't feel uh, threatened personally, but, you know, I, there's every week where I've got somebody, you know, saying they use an auto thing and, you know, I've been shot out, you know, by auto things plenty of times now and, you know, it's it's becoming more common in theory. Or we have mixers, producers that are just putting out their you know heated version, and because it it is you know they find that it sounds good enough for what they want to do, and they're calling it done. So they're in theory the master engineer, which honestly is fine. Like I personally hold my career with such open hands at this stage that um, would I love to keep doing what I'm doing for many 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 years. Yes, I would. But I'm not naive enough now at 35 to think that things will always be the way they are. Because I can even look back to when I started mastering like 12 years ago. It's night and day different. You know, Mm -hmm. technology, speakers, you know, the capability of speakers, uh, plugins, even hardware, you know, cables, everything has gotten in theory better. Um, You know, and it'd be dumb for me personally, I think to think that things are just going to stay static because I don't, I believe we live, live in a universe that's kind of always expanding, growing and, and things are always evolving. Um, while things also cycle, like I believe in cycles and seasons. And I do think it's very easy to trace within industries, things coming and things going. And so my belief is that, uh, yeah, this is an endangered occupation. Do I think it's going to go away for me in the next 10 to 15 years? No. In the next 30 years? Yeah, definitely. Like, for sure, it's going to be way different. Um, might, might not even be needed. Uh, it's just going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, where AI gets. It's it's only going to get better. Um, and, you know, the pushback will be there'll be people that still want to work with people. Like, I still see that. There still seems to be a high value currently of people still wanting to work with mastering engineers and trusting them. I mean, there's always going to be value in seeking the opinion of someone that's unbiased in theory that has no essentially financial gain in the project. Um, and that's what I think, you know, mastering engineers are that. Like, we're so far removed usually for projects that we are if anything, that great uh, great person to be like a, a mediator for a lot of it and to be <clears throat> to be the person that says, hey, whether this song's a hit or not, I'm still making my 150 bucks. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't does it matter? Yeah. You know, if it becomes a hit, maybe I could leverage that. But you know, that's all like hypothetical and who knows? You know, so it's, you know, it's kind of like that will always have value. I think no matter what happens with AI or whatever, it's there's still value in some way, but that's to me not, I don't know. That's not why I love mastering. Like I didn't get into mastering to be like, oh, people really value what I say. I got into the mastering because I love like working with people and manipulating records and being creative and touching knobs and, you know, all that. So, I didn't really realize what we did as a master engineer until like six years into it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, to be honest, like I, I knew I needed like sonically make things sound quote unquote better, but I didn't understand the how much we are a uh, a voice of reason and 
how much our job is just to let people know is this ready to come out or not. So anyway, that's my opinion on it. What say you? I know I've said this in past episodes, but I don't really assume that everybody has listened to those episodes, so I don't mind repeating myself. Yeah. Um, When I was a kid, um, my dad did a lot of international business and travel um, over to China. And China has always and probably will always, um, let's say at least for the next 10 years, can't really speak beyond that, um, will be ahead of the United States as far as technology is concerned, um, as far as rollout to the people. Um, and the way, how I can take that back is so I didn't grow up with vinyl. I grew up with cassettes. I mean, I remember like kind of toying with um, like my dad's old records that I'd find in the attic. Um, but we never had um, we never had a turntable growing up. I had to like go to my grandparents to kind of toy with that a bit. Um, but I grew up with cassettes, and my dad would go to China. Let's call it seven times a year, about three or so weeks at a time. And uh, <laughs> there's actually kind of a funny correlation between like my dad going to China and like like bad luck happening <laughs> while he was in China. Oh and so like I remember this one time, like I was like really into magic or something and I was like, like I was really into Houdini and I had this like pair of handcuffs and like my dad had left for China like the day before and we were supposed to like like it was like Sunday morning like everyone's getting ready to go to church and I'm toying with these handcuffs and I totally handcuffed myself and I don't have the key oh <laughs> and so my mom's like well we're going to church <laughs> and so like I was like oh no and so like I'm like in the car trying to like jimmy these handcuffs off with a screwdriver and like I finally get them off <laughs> And like right when like we get to church and I just like kind of remember I was like, man, that's like bad luck. And one of the funny things is my da- my mom and dad live like a mile from me. And if I ever like have a problem on my house, generally my dad's my first call. And uh, he's uh, he's out of town this week. And I had a really like I was like toying with my sprinkler system, making sure that like like none of the lines had frozen over over winter. We had some pretty chilly days. Um, not as cold as other places in the States, but still got pretty cold. And so I just wanted to make sure everything was still working. And I was just testing individual zones and going up to the little manifold box, twisting open the valve and making sure the sprinklers turned on. Well, one of the one of the little manifold things, I I guess I twisted it too far and the whole thing just popped off. I had this mini <laughs> geyser in my backyard and like this hole's filling up with the water that's in the that's in the ground. And I'm like, oh, are you kidding me? And I was like, I need to call my dad. I was like, wait, shoot, he just left. And I was like, well, if, isn't it just, you know, ironic <laughs> right. all this? And so I remember I was like, oh yeah, when we put in the sprinklers and we put in a backflow, I can go turn up the backflow. Because at first I was like, oh, I'll turn off the water of the house. No, because it's it's run on a different line from the from the main. And so just figuring that out. And I was like, man, Matt, calm down. <laughs> this is solvable. <laughs> you don't have to have Old Faithful in the backyard until Saturday. I was like, we can figure this out. We don't have to call anyone. We can figure it out. So that was a comical thing. Anyway, um, bad stuff would always just kind of routinely happen when my dad was in China. I was like, I, my sister and I were like throwing a baseball in the backyard one time and like she didn't catch it and it totally smacked her in the eye. And so here's me, a kid who looks like I gave my sister a black eye. I didn't give her a black eye. She just didn't <laughs> catch the ball. It was just like routinely bad luck would follow when my yeah. dad would be out of town. Just funny stories, funny side note. Anyway, he would always come back from China with the newest music-related thing and oddity and evolution. And so we'd be on cassettes, and he'd roll in with a CD player. And me never seeing a CD player before, me like, what is that? He's like, well, these are CDs. And uh, I was like, yeah, but you got these tapes. And I remember as a kid being like, well, this CD's all flimsy. You can scratch it. It skips. Um, but it did sound better than the tapes. And I didn't really understand it. Um, and then several years later, uh, he came back with this like little stick with his headphones into it. And I was like, what's this? He's like, this is something called uh, an MP3 player. And you can 
um, you can load up to like 60 or 100 of your favorite songs on it. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of weird and cool. And so, like, I remember, like, also in between there, like, like mini discs were a thing, mm-hmm. like, in the yeah. CD realm, and they're trying to, like, kind of miniaturize that. And so he'd have a few of those. Those didn't really ever catch on, I don't think. Uh, I think it was, like, like more of, like, a, like a niche, niche, mm-hmm. whatever, market. Niche, yeah. um, so anyway, I just kind of, like, remember all that. And so, like, getting into that, it's like you have your evolution from vinyl to cassette to CD to MP3, but then it's coming back to vinyl. And so that's kind of like my whole question is like, yeah, you have this whole chat GPT thing. You have it. And it's like, as soon as it like really be, like gained popularity, I'm over here talking to my marketing guy being like, well, can we use it to write like our very basic blogs? And like, we just like kind of fact check it as we go along and we give it a prompt, and it's writing a perfect, like we say, six paragraphs. It writes a perfect six-paragraph explanation of what we want it to explain to people um, in the actual like voice and like um, you know demeanor that we want it to be explained. And then everything kind of had to, with the internet, really quickly figure out, is an AI writing this or is a human writing this? And somehow... Um, there are some detectors that are able to see whether or not an AI wrote something if we feed it mm. or like, like what the probability factor and whatnot is. So I feel like even if the mastering engineer does go by the wayside, yeah, I feel like eventually, much like ChatGPT, your Google and other search engines, because like 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 my big question is how does the AI not become the snake eating its own tail? Right. Um, how does if you only listen to on Spotify your Discover Weekly, how does your Discover Weekly not like? And that's all it knows, and it's trying to feed you more songs like you know, but you keep on listening to the curation. How is it just not? keep on feeding you like the same type of stuff and how does it keep finding new stuff when you don't keep on going finding new stuff and so with chat gpt it's supposed to create all this information or it's supposed to just chat or whatever it's going to do but if it's creating content which a lot of people are having it create content how is it not going to eventually start republishing its own random content right and how's it how's it actually going to keep on being relevant to people? Um, and so then comes the question of will, then comes the question and there probably, I guess it's not a question, but there will probably always be a space for people because there will probably always be incentives for authentic thought. Will AI be able to think for itself in that type of creative nature, potentially, but we'd have to, as far as AI is concerned, you'd have to give up a lot of the rules that it's bound by. Mm-hmm. And even right now, it's like you have ChatGPT. You ask it a question that it may not that it may not be allowed to completely answer because it violates some of the rules and boundaries that are put on it. Yeah. And so, I don't think that people would ever give an AI the power to like. Like, will it ever become sentient? Sure. But will people ever allow it to say an answer that it shouldn't be able to say? Yeah. And will it, like, censor itself? And that's another big question. Um, So I think there's always going to be a place for people and for original thought. And I do think that search engines and whatnot will incentivize original thought, original like human curated content. Um, and I feel like, as with this evolution of analog, um, let's say high end digital, then you go into cheap digital, and then you essentially get back into the tangible analog. And so I think music is a really good. Um, I mean this in a different way, but music is a really good analog mm-hmm. for, as an example, for full cycle, um, full cycles of like production and of evolution of technology. And then it's really interesting on 
how it comes back to the uh, how it comes back to the tangible. So you have these really cool cycles of like wild wests where they're really fun. So like we're in one right now with AI, and it's like think of like when social media first came out. And you could get a MySpace and you could like create your own profile. You had that like one angsty friend who would have like the Jack Daniels profile and then like they'd have music. You could scream at somebody as soon as they <laughs> logged on and you could like kind of pseudo learn how to code to, and then you could piss off your friends by not putting them on your top nine or whatever it was called. Yeah. And it, I would consider that era of social media and let's call it Web 2.0 a very much Wild West um, time. And I would say we're in a very much Wild West time mm-hmm. um, as far as AI is concerned. And then you get into, okay, well, what's it really doing? Like when uh, Facebook went public and everyone's like, well, how does Facebook make money? And then you kind of learn like the whole marketing adage of, well, if it's free, then you're the product. And you're like, oh. And then comes in Web 3.0, which I don't really, I don't, I don't know if we're in it yet or if it's coming along to where it's like essentially you own your information. And I don't feel like I own my information. And so um, I I don't think we're there yet. Yeah. Um, so do I think the mastering engineer is an endangered occupation? Um, in the short term, and I'm talking like on your same time frame, Sam. Yeah. Um, in the short term, no. I would say you probably have a good another 10 or 15 years um, and then you'll probably, you'll probably have to make yourself more valuable than you are now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, you always see things come back to the analog. You always see things come back to the human. You always see things come back to the tangible. Um, and vinyl is just such an interesting um, parallel to that, that is audio. Yeah. But I do think you're going to come back to the human because eventually you do see life is more than just like shitty MP3s. Right. And it's like, I'm tired of this garbage audio quality. Yeah. And I'm ready to like kind of, exp- like, and ev- everybody now is kind of like, oh, this is what the producer, this is what the artist was listening to in the studio kind of thing. Right. And it's like, everyone's kind of like striving to that. And it right. was kind of like, that was like one of the things like Atmos. It's like how it was meant to be heard. It's like, right. well, never, I, I, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> um, I'm not going down the Atmos train. I think the people who love it should love it. And the people who don't, then just stay out of it. Um, I'm not. Go- I'm not going down the train. But I do think you'll eventually come back to a point to where um, people will people are genuinely creative. Yeah. And will it will AI art be a thing? Yeah. Will it probably eventually win a Grammy? Potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think Lander will win a Grammy? No. Um, I don't think the systems as we know them are, will will do that. Um, but as far as people are concerned, people are going to get tired of reading AI generated books and AI generated everything. And my kids are going to get tired of that. And I'm trying to figure out in somewhat of a comical sense, like where's going to be my boomer moment to where like, I'm like, I don't like. Like, I get frustrated every time, like, I have to help one of my parents reset an email password. Um, And I'm like, man, where is my, like, I'm trying to be very, like, open in that moment of, like, where is my boomer moment going to be that my kids are going to be so pissed off at me about that, like, yeah, (laughs) that's like, I, I can't figure it out, but I'm... I'm not looking forward to it because I can understand the frustration of them having to do that. Oh man. And then trying to get, I, I, there was a time when uh, a few months ago I tried getting my mom, one of those password managers Yeah, and it's just like every way it could go wrong. It went wrong. And then we ended up getting rid of it and she had to reset all our passwords because they were all like dash lane oh passwords. Gosh. Yeah. It was just one hot mess. And I'm like, okay, never again. Um, so I'm trying to figure out my boomer moment, but anyway, I do think there's a vinyl moment in there for us. Um, 
the one thing I would caution about is if you don't need to sell your gear, probably don't in that time. Because the funny thing is, is that you would see people, especially get into vinyl uh, now, and they're like, yeah, you take these uh, uh, these Neumann or Scully lathes um, or their, uh, their tape machines, and they just put them out on the back loading dock of these studios and just let them rust in the rain. And now we're like, are you kidding me? Why why would that happen? It's like because it was a completely like lost art. And I think there was what one cassette plant in the mm-hmm. United States that 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 did not stop making cassettes. And uh they diversified quite a bit in what they did and they got into like making like the magnetic strips for credit cards and stuff and um but they were always making cassettes and now cassettes are seeing a significant resurgence. Um so I do think I do think there is benefit in holding on to your stuff. Um I think it'll always be needed and I think it'll always be wanted. Um but by the time it comes to where people like like AI is just so annoying, it's like you're gonna need to be so good at what you <laughs> at what you're doing that you can't kind of BS your way through it. And then I think it'll kind of reopen to the way it is now. Yeah. Um, because that's how, that's the cycles. Those are the cycles that we go through. Um, I don't know. That's uh holy crap. I haven't looked at the time in however many minutes, but, um, that's, I think that's my thought on it. It's a great thought. Um, great thoughts. What, uh, anything about what I just <laughs> rambled on about? I went in so many directions, but it's, that's how my did. mind goes. It like, my mind is just like moving so much quicker than my lips are moving. And it's like, I can't keep up I, and I get brain farts and I get tongue tied and I go in different directions, but I brought that one home. You did. I, I thought it was great. <laughs> sometimes I don't bring it home. I'm listening and like back to these and I'm like, damn it, Matt, we didn't bring that one home. And it's like, okay, <laughs> that's going to be my resolution. Bring All my home. points, I'm going to do my best to bring them home. Yeah. So I think um, your perspective on a vinyl thing is interesting. Um I don't I don't know if I see vinyl like vinyl is extremely popular right now in comparison to where it was, of course, which was not popular ten years ago. Um I don't know. I I feel like I just feel like we're at a very interesting spot with tech to where like I do believe in like the analog face-to-face domain has value and I think people will always want that but I just I don't know I don't know like even with vinyl right now if that's going to like keep growing or if it's already reached its peak and novelty I've been well. curious about that and I like vinyl I buy it on and off I, do I too. have a decent turntable I have some, a good preamp you know like I find value in it um, more so for the almost the ritual of it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a funny thing. I bought my wife a CD for Valentine's Day <laughs> hmm. because she we were talking like three weeks ago and she was like, man, I just miss... It was like a new music Friday day or something or on Friday. She was like, there's just so much. Like, I just miss putting on a CD... I want to hear the whole record. I don't want just the <laughs> one song. Or, you know, so many artists just put out one song now. And then they put out a record, which is basically nine singles and then one new mm-hmm. one. She's like, yep. I just want a record or like a CD. And she was like, I just miss. She was like, does our car even have a CD player? And I was like, yeah, it does. So anyway, I bought her a C- I bought her Shania Twain because she loves Shania Twain. Um, there you go. But there was there was something magical about, I went to Target. And I went to their small CD selection and looked at what was available. And I knew she loved Shania. I mean, I know she loves Shania Twain. And there it was with two bonus songs for a targeted exclusive. And uh, I bought it and gave it to her. And of course, she was thrilled. And now it's just like the default audio when you get in her car. It's just a CD playing. (laughs) But there there was something special about that that to me felt more... uh, I don't know. It, it it made me appreciate that record immediately more than like how I how I respond to Spotify, you know, music on digital. Sure. But also, then I thought, you know, you talk about boomer mode. Like maybe I'm just an old fart. Like CD for me was the thing. You know, like the 
at least for me, like, you know, we, I either bought CDs or I made CDs, you know, downloaded music or even illegally or downloaded it legally and then made a playlist and then burnt it on like Roxio or something and, you know, made mixes. I'm curious. Yeah. If, I'm curious if CDs will ever go out. I've, I've, I've yeah. actually been, I've been considering this because it's such an in between format. Yeah. And that's, that's really lasted a significant amount of time. It has. And so, my guess is that it it won't completely go out because people are still making CDs like yes, for they merch. Are. Yeah. Um and so my question is while cars don't have a CD player, I mean I think that's easy to get around. Yeah. Especially in today you can just get like a like a little bluetooth CD player probably right. or whatnot if you want to listen to your car um or just headphones or whatnot. Yeah. But does it have the do, do CDs have the legs to actually make it through the evolution cycle without actually fading out? So cassettes obviously are starting to come back uh, a lot in like the indie world, a lot right. in the indie punk world, um, and kind of making kind of everything coming back. I actually think it's pretty good because generally um, you have a record that. At least the ones that I've done, it's like you had it was all digital, and it's kind of got that like digital sizzle. That's like it's Bob Ludwig at one point called it digititis. Yes, and uh, everyone knows what I mean when right. I say that. It's just like a little too harsh on the top end. Well, it's like tape has that nice roll off yep. to where it's like okay, yeah, that's kind of nice. And so you know, it's it could potentially take things that might uh, in a digital platform or digital sense be a little less palatable and take it into of like oh yeah this is awesome right and give it a little analog element um to CDs and those suckers are just hanging around people are still making them as merch cassettes are coming back and will CDs ever fall out of relevancy before their resurgence actually kicks on. And so that's been yeah. my big question. I don't I don't really know. I don't know. I don't think I they think, will. I feel like CDs are still around because they're still in theory to me they're the highest quality to consume music. Sure. Like for like they're still they're 44116 or 24. Sure. And you know, the endless debate of streaming high res to me I'm not sold on still. Like, yeah, yeah. is it a high-res file? Sure, that's what's uploaded and that's what they're spitting back out, but your playback system is probably not spitting it out like that, you know? Sure. Um, that'll all probably change, of course, in time, but currently, when I put in that CD and I A-B'd it, the Shania Twain new record versus Spotify, because I could just flip between my source and the, my wife's car, the CD sounds so much better. Like... It, and it's, one of the it's kind of crazy because like I haven't really list compared CD to what I'm used to consuming on Spotify after yeah. high quality, and I was like, oh my gosh, it really is bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and I was just kind of like, shoot, like it really is bad compared to like just forty four one sixteen. Yeah. Um. So. To me, that's why CDs are still kicking it. It's like they are a, you know, you know, in theory, you're probably getting full res on that. Um, you know, but anyway, that's to me why um, there's still value at some level. So one of your clients who I've talked to you about several times, this is very long ago. I don't even know if they were your client back then. Yeah. Um, they came out with an album. And I remember seeing them in, uh, they, they they just had a small show, and I purchased one of their CDs, and this was like back before I really even knew anything about audio. Yeah. Um, but I had listened to their stuff um, just on streaming or whatever it was, and... I think this was the second CD I got because I like lost the first. The first got scratched up or something, and I was just like, "Man, it's like I just love the CD. The CD just for some reason sounds so much better than just like playing it online." And yeah. they're like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." And this is bef- like, like the the whole like at, like 
online doesn't sound good wasn't really like a thing. It's like CDs right. kind of went went out, and you couldn't really play them. You couldn't really play like MP3s that well in your car unless it was an right. MP3 um, CD, which you needed a certain CD like reader or whatever it is to read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're like, really? It sounded it sounds better on CD. I was like, oh, it sounds incredibly better. I was like, I don't, I don't know what it is, and I didn't have like the 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 aptitude back then to really be able to put into um, thought and word about what it actually was that was going on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've just always like, I, I just remember back then, like how much that blew my mind. Yeah. Um, but Sam, let's get back to mastering engineers being an endangered occupation. <laughs> what do you suggest people do? Like, like, let's kind of end this on like a nice note. Yeah. What do you suggest for the next 15 years so you can get to the part to where it's like, you know, you're not necessarily edged out of like the bell curve of the people who are still in demand. Yeah. And who, um, is there a way to necessarily survive the endangerment? Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think it comes back to what I was saying is like you'll either evolve or not, you know, with the changing yeah. thing. Because the demand, you know, the demand, a lot of my demand is I make loud, compressed records that do sound good on streaming, essentially. You know, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, whether or not I know exactly what I'm doing to do that or, you know, I've just kind of you do so many records, you listen to them, and then you kind of figure out, oh, that's how it sounds when it comes out, so I should do that or that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I I talk about it a lot now. Now that I've been in Nashville for 10 years and I've been doing records for 12, I'm like, there's already a Sam in town who's gonna repl- who's replacing me. Like, there's already some kid who just showed up who's 25 or 4, and he's already picking off my clients because he or she are more aware of what's coming down the pipe, you know? And so I think that's what it is. It's This is a negative thing. Again, it's, I think I will have a choice in the next 10 years to go with whatever is in demand, or I can be someone who's like, you know what, this is what I offer. And if it's still desired and has value, then I'll work with those people. And if not, then that's that. But I do think you have to evolve on some level, you know, like ten years for me doing this sometimes feels like like a lot, but it's not, you know, it's not <laughs> that long a time. Um, You've already been doing it for ten, yeah. Like I've yeah. been doing it for ten. Yeah. I'm like I'm I'm year nine, year twelve. Yeah. So you know, it's I think you just have a choice. Like new engineers, I think what's really interesting is there are new younger a couple in town that I know, like younger mastering engineers or or who want to be master engineers, and um, you know they're pretty much all in the box. Like they just mm-hmm. they don't even comprehend hardware, and it's never been they've never known the difference essentially, and they've never heard the difference, and nor do they even care about the difference. <laughs> like you know, it's not really. Our, I think our age group is that you know our boomer thing is like analog versus digital, analog versus digital. Like, mm-hmm. what's better? What's about you know? And you know, the twenty-one-year-old I talk to is like, I don't what. It's not even a thing. They're just like, oh, I use Ozone, you know, like or yeah. you know, Limitless or like all these cool digital plugins that I learn about. And um, so yeah, so it's interesting. I guess on you know a positive note would be. You do always have a choice. Like I have a choice to educate myself to to like. There's so much value as I get older. There's value in older people, and there's value in younger people because the oh, yeah. younger people, like the the kids coming out of Belmont that I work with, the music they send me is usually like stuff. I'm like, what's this about? <laughs> like, is this <laughs> what people are doing these days? Is this what the kids are doing? You know, and you know, it's. It's always fun and interesting, and you know, usually I'll ask them, "How did you make that sound? Where did that come from? Did you record this?" Mm. A lot of times now, too, I'll ask people, "Was this real or fake?" Like, you know, stuff I'll get that I assume is live instrumentation, and a lot of times somebody will be like, "It's midied, like I midied it all," you know, mm. and you know, all that stuff is getting better, and you know, it's. I think you just you get. For me, you'll have a choice of whether you want to evolve with whatever is in demand from a business perspective, or you can just be done, you know. And 
like for me, honestly, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Like, if stuff evolved quickly in the next few years, where like we no longer really use analog and like immersive is the main format and it really does fold down to where people don't care about stereo as much or whatever. I don't know. I might be done. Like, <laughs> I'm not retiring, but I just, I just love the way I create now. And uh, I have a hard time imagining myself uh, enjoying creating in, uh, in an all digital way forever um, in a non stereo format. You know, it's, and that's not a knock on anything else. It's just, it's just a personal opinion of how I feel. And it's my mm-hmm. life and it's my business. So I can do whatever I want, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, that's my, my positive note is I think you always have a choice. I think you can educate yourself. I think you can evolve. I think if I wanted to be a whatever master engineer for the rest of my life, another 40 years, I think I could do that. You know, if I really want to continue to educate and participate in whichever formats become the thing and the way people consume. I think I could be good for the next 40 years. But, you know, it might not be what uh, what I'm stoked about anymore. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, I think that's all, all my thoughts on that topic for now. It's a pretty interesting topic. Yeah. I mean, it's, our, um, it's, it's my livelihood I'm talking, you know. Sure. And on some level yours and a lot of our audience, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question. Um, I would encourage other people who have different views or similar views to to DM or write yeah, into us. Sorry. And uh, I'd like. Uh, oh, excuse me. I have like a have a little burp. <laughs> um, I should probably stop drinking coffee at six o'clock here. This is not going to be a good evening for me. Um, <laughs> me sitting here thinking I'm going to be going to bed at like 10 or 11 Ooh. is like four or five hours. This might not happen as well as I thought it would. Um, but man, drinking coffee this late is kind of nice. Should get some decaf or something. Anyway, um, I would like for uh, people to chime in and let me know, let us know um, what your thoughts are. If you have a pretty optimistic outlook for the future, if uh, if you do think that hey there might be another path and this is the other path forward, um, I'm pretty interested. Yeah, I am too. And, actually, uh, this would be a fun one to get a lot of DMs on or emails. Yeah, um, this would be an interesting one to do a live yes thing on. We might have to do something like yeah, that. Yeah, let's make a little note of that, and we'll circle back. <laughs> Whenever this one airs, yeah. we'll have to do a live. Yeah. We're pretty far ahead. <laughs> That's all right. So it might be a while. It'll be fun. But I'll have to Something do some research. To look What's going to happen to all these mastering engineers? So, okay. Um, so I think that's the episode. Great. Um, yeah, if you wouldn't mind writing in, that would be, that would be awesome. Um, but if you hear a sweet beat in the background... That was made by the one and only Sam Moses. If you wouldn't mind uh, just telling him thank you and uh, you appreciate him putting all these together. I am very appreciative of you putting these together. Um, it's like 140 so some well, of these. Though. It's like it's, fun. it's so nuts. Anyway, if you wouldn't mind doing that, I would appreciate it. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, as Sam said in the beginning, going over to Apple or wherever you're listening to this and please leave us a review. Uh, we would... Absolutely appreciate that. And uh, let's see. Yeah, share it on Instagram, wherever you're listening, Facebook. I don't know. We're just, I'm, I'm just glad y'all are along for the ride. Mm-hmm. I'm, I don't know where this podcast is going long term, but we're along for the ride. <laughs> um, if you need a mastering engineer, Sam can always be found at Moses Mastering. I can be found at For the Record Mastering. And we would love to finish your record. And call it done and take it across the finish line and yeah, just make it sound epic. So we would love to do that. Um, and I think that's all I got. Sam, do you have anything for the people? I'm good. Great episode. You're good. Great episode. Great all episode. right. Uh, I guess like you took the reins on like a few episodes ago of like just talking the whole time and that was kind of me this time. <laughs> so we traded. I off. still talk a lot. <laughs> I see myself. 
Yeah, you did talk a little bit. That's great. I got, I got, a, I, got a, I got more than I normally have in here. You know, we flow. Like a fair thing. I should just like title this section in the notes as ramblings. <laughs> here we go. All right. Anyway, let's ramble home. <laughs> let's ramble home. Morning, afternoon, evening, whatever y'all are having. Have a darn good one. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will see you in the next episode. Cue the music. Yo, hey. Bye.